0: Hello, and welcome to that Brit Rest TV show once again. It's me, Andy Ogden, and join us as ever, my faithful partner in crime, the one and only, Kieran Pappati. Hello, <laughs> Kieran.
1: I'm being held against my will. Someone send help. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, mate? <laughs> Fucking terrible, because I've had to watch this. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing to... the there on <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: I'm I'm not doing too bad. I'm actually on the uh, on the drink this time. Uh, I have so... considered
1: it several times over these two episodes. I've had an absolutely terrible day at work. So last night I watched episode nineteen. Today I had a dreadful day at work where none of my technology would work for me. And if anybody doesn't know, I'm a video editor, so I need the technology to work, or I don't have a job. And then I had to watch episode twenty. Yeah. So um, if you give me five minutes, I'm going to see where my rum bottle is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm on the Arangibum, um 5% Pilsner, which I picked up last night at half past 10 on my way back from um, seeing uh, Tom Grennan at uh, the Manchester Academy 2. And I thought, you know what? I've had such a good night. I'm going getting some piss water from the corner shop. <laughs>
1: so. So, so you have a good night and want to drink. I have a bad day and want to drink. I am on the uh, 0% H2O uh, out of my filter jug in the the fridge. Perhaps it would have something more interesting in it if I didn't filter it. (laughs) Who knows?
0: Well, it'll probably taste better than the pints of cause I had at the academy too last night. Four pound eighty, it was fucking rough. I did just, you know when you, it just, I would just melt it and just like taste it, like mm, not good. But I chewed myself through it, chewed my way through it, <laughs> and then turned around and seen that there was a cup on top of the cause, um, bloody pump. So it must have just ran out then. It's like, oh, oh so you got
1: up. like the the real shit from the bottom. Oh, oh yeah, nasty. Yeah. I've had that with with soft drinks where you get like you get none of the syrup but all of the soda. Yeah. And then bar staff look at you like you're mad when you tell them they need to go and change the syrup box. They're like, how does like a normal person know what one of these is? Yeah. Not a clue. My mother used to work behind a bar. <laughs>
0: But away from um, talking about drink, let's talk to... No, 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 let's
1: back to talking about drink and talk about haircuts like we did a, like a couple of months ago. Like anything to avoid talking about this garbage.
0: Well, we're talking about shit at the bottom of the barrel here, um, and <laughs> the start of UWA Wrestling Rampage episode nineteen and twenty. We are literally getting to the final countdown. Yeah. <laughs> See, you don't have to pay for my voice, like unlike Tony Khan and no, fifty thousand no. pound.
1: No, that's just cost you fifty grand. <laughs>
0: um, see, see, me lenders. Um, so there you go. Um, episode nineteen, the start. We have a proper opening this time. You want to see some of the heavy stuff? We're gonna beat you. Yeah. Um,
1: but no, damn Belinka once yeah. again, victim of budget cuts i guess he's just a voiceover isn't he yeah
0: unless he's not had a shave that day or got his <laughs> um his red corduroy's on
1: or maybe he's just like fuck off i'm not coming to barking or uh yeah might or they couldn't shoot in the studio they only had like a voiceover booth available or something um he what does he do he promises us uh stevie knight he promises us Promises us, good Lord, uh, a battle of the hard men between Mad Dog and Leon Murphy, and then teases us with, will Papa T be unmasked? And we get a clip of uh, Frank. Remember Frank speaking English for the first time? Yes. An interview, And he says, I'm going to beat him up, take his mask off and show the people he's not the real one. I think we can piece together episode 18 from the replays on this show.
0: Yeah, there was a clip, weren't there? Like, um, about what occurred, and uh, Frank is ready to expose Papa T, yeah, the dirty
1: <laughs> only from the neck up, thankfully. Uh, he says he knew Papa T before and after he went into the army, and the wrestler we've all been watching is a fake. And then Becky runs down, like, uh, Rebecca is um, Papa T's manager, isn't she? And she tries to silence him but grants him his match with T. I have a question. How can Frank prove that the puppeteer we've been watching is a fake? I think the only way he can do it is to take his mask off and hold the face up to that big framed photo that Mrs. T had. Yeah. Because we don't know what Big Puppeteer looks like. It's like a game of guess who, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Is he a big lad? Yes. Click, click, click. Does he do a funny dance? Click, click, click. Is he wearing a stupid gimp mask? Click, click, click. It's Big Puppeteer. Have you ever played restaurant, guess who? Never. Ah, it's great fun. So you and your your friend are sitting opposite sides of a table, and uh, you kind of look around, you pick somebody, and from then on it's guess who. It's like, you know, is he bald, does he have a moustache, all that kind of thing, and you you mentally eliminate people that don't match the description.
0: (laughs) You know what? I might try that with RGF next time we're in the pub. Yeah. Instead of talking about cut price deals at Heron Foods and, like, what yellow stickers have you got this week at Sainsbury's, because that's what we're turning into at the moment. He's talking about reduced price offers. So I'll, I might do that game with him tomorrow. Excellent. Um, so um, Papati's uh, manager, uh, Rebecca, is in the back. It uh, says, Frank will regret it.
1: Mmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... This so we are now in the Broadway theater, embarking. Yeah, so we have yes. Mark Sloan's ring rather than Iron Duke Lynch's terrible one. You know the eight footer or whatever the fucking ones we've had to watch in Blackpool for the best part of a year. Uh, Matt's on the floor, um, mm-hmm. so nobody's bumping on those milk crates or whatever it was around the ring in Blackpool. Uh, and a shitty new interview location. Gone is the promo bog. Welcome to the messy dressing room. <laughs> With apparently a nuclear explosion going on outside the window, because everybody is massively blown out, you can yeah. hardly see anyone's face.
0: <laughs> well, um, as we get to uh, r- well the ringside um, scene now, as Frank makes his way out to here, we are. It's um, I think it's by Tori Amos. It's gonna be big. Yes it's gonna be big yeah Frank. and
1: I wonder why it's Oman star Oman's star remix of professional widow
0: professional yeah. widow's tune yeah. though good dance tune
1: yeah um why is this Frank's music
0: <laughs> I'm not a clone it it don't fit what? the character does it
1: what of Frank has to be big
0: <laughs> well I was thinking like because he's tag team partner um army Allen um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking they've got to come out to Buffalo Soldier are not they <laughs> Buffalo Soldier
1: yeah so Frank and a bloke, bloke in camo come out and then uh, Simon Bridlington on commentary names this man the Unknown Soldier and he t- all he can tell us is he's obviously Frank's mate <laughs> there's no explanation this is a handicap match Frank and Unknown Soldier versus Big Papa T as no I put for this,
0: no, as I put this, is the Hogan versus Andre in 1999, is it?
1: <laughs> it's the Hogan versus Andre and Andre's mate of 1999.
0: Pe- 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 it's basically Big Papa T's mates on the door at Morrison's, isn't it?
1: It must be, it must be. Um, I was shocked at how popular Big Papa T was when he came out mega mega star it's like if, that lod pop in it yeah if there were no barriers he would have been crushed by all those kids that ran over to high five him and i also enjoyed the theatre manager like running down to try and convince all these children to go back to their seats <laughs> this thing fucking hell mate <laughs> this <laughs> this was a disaster from second one
0: is, the question here Kieran is is it as bad as that Tom Tom Munro big papa team I was,
1: I was well I was thinking that as we as we uh, as we made our way through it um they start by botching a double clothesline and then botch a whip and then botch whatever the second double team is supposed to be you can tell soldier hasn't wrestled for very long or even at all by just watching his feet like he's constantly hopping around. He doesn't have. He can't keep. He can't keep a standing base. He has no footwork. He hop, He just hops all over the place. Um, I was about to ask why Soldier was employed when he runs across the ring and does a really nice flip tope over the referee and the corner post onto Big Papa T.
0: You know what? I thought he was Leon Slater's dad. Because <laughs> fuck, I was just like. What the fuck? Is that had to rewind yeah.
1: it back? It's like, yeah. what, what is this manoeuvre? We should say he can't do anything else. No. No. Um, uh, as evidenced by the dreadful leg drop, he sort of drops on Papa T on the floor. Uh, back inside, there is no improvement. Uh, as Frank does, like this hesitant flipping head scissors takedown thing, followed by a hesitant kick and a hesitant sunset flip that just rolls everybody into the ropes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought <did. laughs> I, I did put sunset flip on an immobile object. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Frank goes to, it's, it's tag style handicap. Um, yeah. So Frank, uh, not Frank. Uh, yeah, Frank. Frank goes into the corner opposite his tagging corner and takes the referee with him. The referee, uh, as named by, uh, is the tiny bloke again. Uh, And on next week's show, I think Steve Morgan calls him Ronnie Corbett's granddad. (laughs) Uh, So Frank backs up into that corner and and takes the ref with him. And I think Soldier is supposed to be in beating up Papa T behind the ref's back, but he's so fucking clueless, T just does a load of silly walks. Uh, Time stands still, and then Frank does a spinning kick that knocks T to the floor, followed by a karate-style flying kick off the apron. (laughs) Uh, T then just stands there while Frank does two spinning kicks clear yeah. over his head and kicks him in the chest with a side kick. Oh, right. I don't know if this is my favourite or least favourite bit of the match. Uh, T then rushes at Frank with one of his silly bushwhacker walks.
0: Yeah, is this um, on the outside? This is on the, outside, is it on the is it?
1: outside. So Frank yeah. legs it and. Of course, in that moment, we cut to a shot of Unknown Soldier's ass, then some kids in the crowd, and then T dragging Frank back over the barrier. And I wonder, so this got me thinking, every time we've seen somebody get chucked over a barrier, we've cut away to something else. And I wonder if it was the TV company saying, we can't show any fighting in the crowd.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe. Because the, like, cause, like that's that's dangerous. That's like arms flying about near children and that kind of thing. That was my only, my only thought there. Man, uh,
0: you, I saw, I saw um, a clip the other day. We were at Bruiser Brody in Japan. Oh. And he, gets, he gets wound up with crowd, and he just runs into crowd. It's like the bloody passing of the season. it? Yeah.
1: You see, Frank would be way more interesting if he did that. <laughs> um, this isn't the only treat we've got for you on the show tonight. This is a treat. <laughs> Fucking hell what do we get if you're trying to punish us? You're going to stuff shit through my letterbox while you set my grandma on fire. (laughs) (laughs) He just wept. Um, So uh, soldier tags in, he doesn't, a flying head scissors, stands around for a bit, waits for tea to get up. And then again, I have to praise him connects with a really nice drop kick off the top rope.
0: It was like Booker T, yes, this, weren't yeah. it? So like some of the spin kicks and bloody missile drop it's Fucking
1: ridiculous. He can definitely fly, but he can't do anything else. Uh, he, he can sort of do a blockbuster. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, cut to Rebecca, and then we cut back to T covering Soldier. And I was like, what could possibly have been worse than what we've already been seen that needed editing out of this match? <laughs> oh, my God um soldier is just suddenly okay and tries for a suplex that t sort of reverses while the cameraman apparently falls in love with the middle rope because that's taking pride of place across the shot uh frank comes in for a mistimed lopsided double suplex but t doesn't give a shit as uh, and we come back out of the replay to him just in control again (laughs) soldier retreats to the outside and gets squashed by a t dive off the apron that i legitimately don't think he knew was coming (laughs) there's one
0: there's there's a bit there i think it's on the outside where he struggles to get frank over for it like a head mayor
1: oh oh the head mayor comes later on yeah oh yeah yeah so soldier and frank have a chat on the floor soldier puts his hat back on for some reason and following this company's very very loose approach to tagging frank gets into the ring and somehow becomes the legal man by tagging soldier who is still standing on the floor and then Holy shit, Jesus Christ, this abomination goes through an ad break.
0: (laughs) Fucking hell, my notes. Bloody hell, a two-break match. Yeah. How? how...
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Frank goes on the quote-unquote attack with the weakest knee to the stomach of all time. I think it would have been more convincing if he'd missed. Uh, Tino sells it anyway, just backs him up with with the bushwhacker walk. Uh, the referee complains that T is clenching his fists when he does his walks and dances and tells him closed fists are illegal. He's dancing, you wassock. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I almost sent you a message saying I quit on the whole project. Like, Oh, God. <laughs> buddy, I <how laughs> would come so far. I know. And that was the only thing that drove me on. Um they sort of do a lock-up and then they fuck up a snapmare twice where Frank kind of half flips through it and just yeah. ends up back in it. And the third time he can't be bothered and just takes the bump for it.
0: There's, um, a, there's, a, there's a, a submission move coming up here, Karen, oh, yeah, which I was fucking rolling in laughter.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So T does a shit leg drop and then mounts Frank like he's going to ride him cowgirl style. Puts his hands in his armpits and rolls over onto his own back. (laughs) I hesitate to write lifting Frank high into the air. He lifts Frank low into the air.
0: You you know what comes to my mind, Kieran?
1: Uh, (laughs) I thought exactly the same thing. The fucking
0: dirty dancing submission, old fuck (laughs) off.
1: Um, So, like, a civilization's rise and fall in the time he's being held in this reasonably comfortable looking hold. While... It looked like the
0: most comfiest move ever. Just like, like I don't I know see... unless he was, I don't know going to grab his tits or do the older arm under the, uh, hands under the armpit submission move, which is kill.
1: Yeah. He, I mean, I have seen parents hold their babies like this and the babies are laughing all the way through it. Um, <laughs> Throughout all of this, by the way, both of Papa T's shoulders are on the mat. The ref even checks them and doesn't do anything about it. And then Frank gives up, as we're told, soldier has a chair. Soldier then comes in and gently taps T on the back with the chair and runs for his life as Jody Fleisch runs in and sends Frank packing with a single. It looked like he was trying to give him a dead arm. Like it was such yeah. a lame punch to the arm. And then Jody cuts a bad promo needs to be shown where the hard cam is halfway through by the referee challenging Paul Terrell, who wasn't even in this fucking match to a singles match saying if he wins, he and T want a shot as a title shot as at the tag titles. Yeah. I do not usually use this word in context in this context, because I understand that it can be triggering for some people. So I apologize for the next five seconds of audio. This was a complete abortion of a match. (laughs) Just every week, this show seems to broadcast one of the worst matches of all time. And this is where I wrote, I can't decide if this is worse than Papa T than Tom Munro. We are now, by the counter on the screen, 18 minutes into this show. This whole thing goes less than 10 minutes, but my notes watch took me half an hour to get through it. On notes, because every time I press play again. Something else notably terrible would happen. This is if oh god, like T versus Monroe is minus five stars. This might be the world's first minus six star match. Horrific. <laughs> um shy episode 10 has to be you showing Matty every single Papa T match.
0: Everybody <laughs> love <laughs> it, would be bit, Matty. Um I think the, a couple of things I
1: put. Yeah, sorry, on... I kind of bulldozed that, man. You got no,
0: no, no. You're all, you're all right, mate. You're <laughs> I had all right. some stuff
1: to get off my chest.
0: No, <laughs> it is like a therapy session for it. Really bad, is bad wrestling. Mm. Yeah, uh, a couple of things I put down. I did put. It's maybe my most favourite worst wrestling match of all
1: time now. I, I think did. If I'd have been in a different mood, I would have felt the same way. Yeah. But bear in mind, for everything we review, I watch it twice.
0: Oh, so I've yes.
1: seen this twice <laughs> in the space of a week.
0: And one note I put on me in my book here five fucking stars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, so who? Somebody told us that um, uh, T versus Monroe was voters like was it Power Slam's worst match of the year? Yeah, you know, or in night yeah.
0: bloody fighting spirit or something. Or like, like that. Yeah, it was
1: one of the British magazines. Yeah. yeah, I guess they hadn't seen this one at this point, or like this would have been this, this would have been at least number two. I just horrible, horrible. I hesitate to call it professional wrestling. <laughs> what what it what it felt like was basically not Frank
0: but uh what's it called, unknown Buffalo Soldier mm. and and, and T. It basically like two mates having a play fight. Yeah. And if, if one of these moves comes off, oh it'll it'd be fancy fantastic talk of the playground, yeah. talk of work. My mate did a fucking axe kick on on, on me. <laughs> you should have seen it. Best thing ever. And then he tried for a bloody headlock and fucked it up.
1: It really is. It really is. Oh, my God.
0: And how do we follow this up now, uh, Kieran, with maybe (laughs) two of the worst wrestlers in UWA history?
1: Here we go. We do get Too Far Gone's response to Jody's challenge. In the nuclear dressing room, devoid of charisma, they basically say yes.
0: Yes, <laughs> we're getting that from um, a future episode. But match number two now. Weighing in at a barking mad, two
1: hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: mad dog, mad dog McPhee. Yes, versus Leon
1: Murphy. Oh my word! Did you notice anything special about this match? No. No, I reckon something must have happened between these two backstage because they're definitely shoot punches thrown at the start. Yeah,
0: they were, they were it was uncoordinated,
1: definitely. Uh, not uh, more than that, they were definitely like smacking each other for real, like, yeah, not just potatoes, like rock hard baked potatoes. Uh, particularly like, uh, they they start like standing and then Murphy takes dog to the mat and like he's hammering him with some like clearly non worked punches. I think it's hard to see because it's off VHS and like then YouTube encoded. I think uh, Mad Dog is cut under one eye. Yeah. And eventually gets back up. Uh, They finally cooperate uh, with Murphy idly wiping his nose before ducking a half hearted clothesline before it's even thrown, then having one of his ducked. And they try to do the simultaneous clothesline knockdown but Dog is standing in the wrong place and throws the wrong arm, so they just sort of crash into each other and fall over.
0: It w- it wasn't easy versus Moxley, was it? Oh,
1: Even no, was it, it wasn't. It? it wasn't. Oh, God, that was fucking tremendous to watch at 9 o'clock this morning. What two two,
0: two lads just beating the piss out of each other oh, while two, two other men look at each other like, I fucking yeah. hate you on the South. <laughs> they
1: looked at each other like Maggie and that baby with the monobrow that she hates on The Simpsons. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I think I called that the battle between the hard motherfuckers. That was great stuff. Much better than Mad dog Murphy versus Leon Murphy. <laughs>
0: well, well, a movie we get from Leon Murphy is the, uh, not less jackhammer and more slack hammer. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. gets two,
0: two counts. Um, yeah, but eventually the finish come with the K nine drop by mad dog sloppy shit. Yes.
1: Um, So during this match, Bridlington gives away that it is all been taped on one night, as he says that Mad Dog and Johnny Storm are now the number one contenders to the tag title and will get their shot later. And then Steve Morgan immediately says, we'll see that in two weeks. Um, For the record, because I looked it up. Yeah. Johnny and Mad Dog have had one match together as partners back on episode two, and they lost. They did, yeah. yeah. Phil Powers and Paul Sloan was the match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, they there are parts in here where um, they... So one, it was after that, it was after the slack hammer. Um, Murphy goes down to make the cover. And as he goes down, he grabs Mad Dog on the throat and squeezes and then Mad Dog does it to him back later. And like Murphy's uh, like after the pin and he's not happy about it. Um, He, um, uh, he, after the pin, he gets up like Mark, Mike awesome has just dropped the ECW title to Taz uh, and then throws himself off the apron at Mad Dog and they scrap a bit on the floor. He stamps on Mad Dog's face and then tells the camera, nobody can stop me 30 seconds after he was just stopped by being pinned. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, he leaves and Mad Dog angrily chases him out the curtain with Steve Linsky running after him I reckon they probably had another dust up backstage as well after this Who do you think could win out of the two in a proper fight? I got Mad Dog easily. I Murphy Murphy Because he knows actual wrestling holds and can punch Murphy is just, he's urine test as we said before isn't he, like he can't do anything, he's awful Yeah we were also told in the middle of this, Mal Mason is the top UWA official. I
0: did put here. He's called uh, with a withered knacker, isn't it? <laughs> I, <wonder laughs> I wonder. who the fuck he were.
1: Like who this, who's this old man? Well, I want to know how to Mick McManus. Did he die in the middle of the show, and they just didn't tell us? <laughs> yeah. Um, I tell you what. I want the story behind this match out of Stevie Knight. He must know something. <laughs> uh, Uh, Last week, Johnny Storm in a bingo callers jacket abandoned commentary to steal Doug Williams' title belt and lead him on a chase around the ring to get him counted out. And then my next note is, ah, fuck, a zombie, as Mal Mason appears on the screen. (laughs) He puts no passion into his promo. He says, I am disgusted. No, I'm giving it too much. Uh, With how Danny Royal has been treated lately. Uh, uh, And he says he deserves a shot at the TV title. And, And I'm like, Why? Why that title? Isn't that title a part of the Kerry Knight, the no, Kerry Knight, Kerry Cabrero, Stevie Knight, Paul Sloan, Phil Powers storyline? What has what has Danny Royal got to do with any of that? <laughs> he, he then yeah. says, "There's nobody around who deserves a shot more than Royal." Pauses for about ten seconds, then just goes, "Thank you," and ambles out of the shot.
0: Well, like you were held at gunpoint, didn't I?
1: <laughs> This was slightly better than his promo on next week's show yeah um uh last week linsky tells doug he has to go through mad dog johnny storm and drew not mcintyre i nearly said everything if he wants his belt back and now i'm wondering who is sanctioning this is mal mason gone? oh yeah that's a great idea he's had his belt stolen so of course he's got to fight three people to get it back
0: first week on the job he's got to uh prove himself hasn't he is uh yeah Senior yeah. official. Um, but we, we end up now with a promo time with Doug Williams as he tries to think of every analogy oh, going.
1: Fucking hell. I noticed that almost all of the promos in this company, or it might just be uh, Phil Powers and Doug Williams' promos, they are all um, name of my opponent, lame insult. And then you've got name of someone else I don't like, Well, you're in for something or other. Then we have a third person, where you're going to get such and such. And then there'll be other people like, uh, um, um, and while we're at it, wrestler number four. Well, you'll know what I think about him, <laughs> it's they're all the same. Yeah, he basically says he's going to beat three wrestlers uh, and then give Linsky a shoeing and send him packing to the Dole office where he can pick up his quote, Chep next week. And you can see on his face that he knows he misspoke, but he just sticks his tongue out in a weird way and walks what? off screen, clearly looking at the cameraman. What? What's that, picking
0: up his chip? It might, yes. might have been might have been a fetish for blue pallets. You, they, were fucking, <laughs> they were fucking expensive back in the day then when I worked in logistics. Half, <laughs> half, half, a, half a pea a pallet or a penny a pallet you could get.
1: There. <laughs> I could only, again, it made me think of The Simpsons. <laughs> Mr Burns, we did 20 takes and that was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me.
0: Well, e- e- even better now hearing. him. Mm. Uh, Johnny Storm outside the Broadway theatre as, as he chats to Flying Phil Flowers, actual flowers, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers soundtrack, soundtrack him walking around and chatting up grannies.
1: I wrote, Johnny Storm out and about embarking. He makes the Phil Flowers joke again, and I remember this being shit for my first watch, so it gets skipped, and he can cover it. Life is too short. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was way worse than the Blackpool one they did. And that yes. was bad. Yeah. Like, Mad Dog shows up and mumbles at him for a bit. I remember that. But, oh, yeah. And he was... It was clearly grab-a-granny night, wasn't it, as he was trying to grab several grannies at once. And yeah. it's always funny when um, any wrestler goes up to a member of the public and it's like, hey, you know am I am. I'm, I'm so-and-so. And I, I'm a wrestler. And they're, they're like, who? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was basically that, Kieran Dye. No fucking knew who this uh, Hobbit was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, what else do we get?
0: Well, what, 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 what we also get in this mm-hmm. got to mention: you get a hairy man drinking Kestrel on a bench while talking to Johnny Storm, and it wasn't Mad Dog McFay for a change.
1: Two
0: Two kids come up to Johnny, offering him out, and Mad do- Im and Mad Dog out for a fight. And the um, the Bedford tiny girls, um, cha- uh, the Barking tiny girls, um, chat up uh, Johnny. Oh
1: God, he was trying to chat up some like skanky single mum with her pushchair, wasn't he? Yes, he oh, was. Oh crap! Well, he is from Harlow. Um, hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did, you know, I did, I did that uh, to someone at work who who rung up from the um Harlow um, mm. store, and I went. Hello, how are you? <laughs> they were just they were I, I could hear him on the other end of the phone like fuck off. <laughs> fuck it's off. British. I just want a password change.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the British version of that time uh John Moxley grabbed the mic in New Japan and went, Greetings from Ohio and they all went, Ohio, oh, back to him, because that means good morning in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um we get a promo now, Kieran. Um oh, I, I hope you've ever recited this, um, of what <laughs> Mr. Phil Powers, the promo machine himself.
1: Uh, he is in the nuclear bunker. He's very angry. And I was like, do you remember when he was a nice boy exchanging pleasantries with Jamila? Yeah. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm all right, Jamila. How, how are you? And then he'd do his promo. Now, this is like, so I do not have a full transcript, but it's a full on shouty. Let me tell you something, Paul Sloan affair. Um, he's going to be in the ring with Sloan later on. So someone needs to tell him this show is getting split up into episodes. Um, he's going to rag bag and do him over. I do not want any of that. Um, don't forget Paul Sloan. This is my hometown. This is my hometown and vengeance will be mine. He screams into the lens, steaming it up. He then immediately breaks character as he stands up and looks at the cameraman for approval. As he walks out of the shot, just cut it. One second earlier. Just cut it. It's not hard. I do it every day. It's real easy. It's one fucking mouse click. Just cut it. <laughs> oh, Christ.
0: Match number three now. As we have Dan- Danny Beef Royale versus <laughs> Stevie Knight. Or oh, not. Well. As um, Stevie Knight says Danny isn't worth a title shot. So... He's giving it to someone more deserving on the UWA roster. Who yes. do we think comes out next? The one and only, the holder of the minus five stars award <laughs> on this show. Tiny Tom Monroe.
1: <laughs> yeah, he uh, he wobbles out uh, and kids immediately take the piss out of him. This little kid runs up to the right he just points at him and laughs. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh royal gets hold of the mic and says i'm sure you're a great wrestler but no disrespect you're no beef man <laughs> <laughs> um uh royal says it's fine for knight to fight monroe but he has just appointed appointed himself the referee and i'm like what kind of fucking ship is mal mason running here how can wrestlers just appoint themselves referee and tiny like peanut head ref um uh, complains, but Stevie said it's okay, so we do indeed get fucking hell Stevie Knight versus Tom Munro for the TV title.
0: Poor Stevie Knight trying to drag a match out of this car. Well,
1: cause... I, um, I suspect this had to have been a rib by Knight to entertain himself. Yeah, he knows this place is dreadful, and he's like, I mean, so the match. Uh, Knight jumps Monroe at the bell uh, with some strikes. Monroe randomly falls over. Uh, Stevie knees Monroe in the bollocks twice, both in front of the ref, but Monroe can only be bothered selling the second one. Uh, Monroe reverses a whip so Knight can take the Bret Hart corner bump and then sort of suplexes him pretty much into the ropes. Uh, Monroe's trousers are falling down so he pulls them up and then just falls flat on his face when getting Irish whipped. Stevie Knight then snap mares Tom Monroe and pins him. Allow me to repeat that. On national television in 1999, Stevie Knight got away with pinning a man off a motherfucking snapmare. What a man. Dog shit, obviously. <laughs> but like this had to, it had to have been a rip by Stevie Knight. Like try to go out and have a worse match than the T match. I'm sorry, mate, you failed. Just by being a better wrestler than Big Puppeteer, you yeah. failed if you wanted to have a match that bad. But uh, minus four stars for sure. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> but this is find the taping order for this show to find out if like this is this, this and that papa t match were back to back. Yeah. Oh, uh, Royal is apparently now also the MC as he begrudgingly announces Stevie the winner, and then he's also the booker as he says Knight's contract states that he has to wrestle Royal tonight, and their match is now.
0: He's doing who's-its job? Uh, what's he called? Mal Mason's job. But,
1: but what sense did this make? Mal Mason only set up this title shot for him earlier this episode. Yeah. So that would have been a very late contract signing if Stevie Knight has signed to wrestle the Beef Man ad break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, unfortunately, the ad breaks on uh, on this episode – we don't get to see anything really. No, so, um, you,
1: get the, you get the occasional like final frame of someone laying on a bed or like a live TV logo. Don't you? Or, you know, someone trying to sell you a mop and bucket or whatever the fuck they were selling. Yeah. yeah.
0: But no, no mystical tarot this time, but uh, we, we, we can see into the future of this show and it's uh, match number four. Now As <laughs> uh, it's, it's non-title with Stevie Knight doing double duty versus also doing double duty, but this time as a wrestler, Danny Beefy Royal.
1: I think, if they explained it better, the angle here isn't actually that bad. No. And the angle is, Knight's contract is for a match against Royal and a TV title defence. And by having the match against Monroe, he's exploited a loophole and fulfilled the title defence obligation. So the match with Royal is now non-title. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a,
0: a, con, a contender's match, isn't it now? Yeah,
1: they don't really explain this. But then I thought, where it falls down is surely... Danny Royal would have signed a contract for a shot at the title, not just a match with the champion. <laughs> I really hate my logical wrestling brain sometimes.
0: But so the thing is, Kieran, wrestling's not hard, <laughs> but it's just bookers and that that make it hard.
1: I know. Um, what do we get? Uh, Night stalls for ages, and then as soon as anything happens, we cut to a replay of the Monroe <laughs> match finish. Uh, does anything interesting happen? I'm just gonna skip down this. Well,
0: before. you know what? We're, in between this match, we get we, we find out a match for next week, and next week, which I was like, I can't wait to see what this fucking thing is a British bouncer brawl between uh series <laughs> <Steven laughs> mate Kerry Cabrero and Flash Barker. I was like, What's this? Is Max and Paddy gonna turn up?
1: <laughs> we will find out. Um, uh, so. Bridlington explains to us that Danny Royal is under the impression this is a title match and Steve Morgan rightly calls him stupid. Yeah. Uh, Stevie is trying his best in this match, but Royal is greener than goose shit. Uh, And Knight takes his life in his hands, letting this fella tombstone him. I reckon you could get a freight train through in between the refs counts. He's so slow. (laughs) Was it or was it Hans Molman, the reference? Yes, Hans Molman. Um there is uh so Royal gets an STF on. Uh neither of the ringside cameramen can find a good position to shoot this from, so we're basically left with a lingering shot of Stevie Knight's gooch for about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, might, um, I might I might I
0: might tell the episode uh Stevie Knight's gooch. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's an even better anatomical close-up in the next episode that i had to make note of <laughs> um what do we get oh stevie knight tries the unprettier for i thought shot. that was good that thought yeah. that was good he'd yeah. been stu- studying
0: his uh christian tapes ah this is
1: pre-christian
0: pre-christian dude. yeah 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 so
1: this would have been i'm gonna be a proper wrestling nerd now uh i think it was it was it was one of the Tommies. It's either Tommy Rich or uh, Tommy Fulton from the Fantastics used to do this, and it was yeah. the Tommy Kazi. Ah, the Tommy Kazi. Yeah. yeah. Um, to his credit, Danny Royal hits a really nice, like gut wrench power bomb. Yeah. Isn't uh, it like,
0: called the Doc? Is it Doctor Bomb or it, something? Yeah.
1: Like yeah. yeah. Uh, the referee only counts to two, despite Stevie not getting either shoulder up, and they just sort of lazily roll away from each other. Uh, Royal goes to the uh, middle turnbuckle, letting Knight get under him in position for the Knight driver. But Royal slips off behind him, shoves him into the ropes and hits his rubbish beef bomb for the win.
0: I was going to say with this, uh, what's it called? The beef bomb. Yeah. When, when he sets it up, it, you think, right, this is going to look a great manoeuvre. And then, you know, execution. It's mm. so piss, piss weak in it.
1: I think it's because we got used to seeing uh Bubba Ray's Bubba Bomb yeah, and uh, the Uncle Slam that the Patriot did, which were kind of like variations on the same thing. And this one, he just always drops people awkward. And I, my immediate thought was, mate, you've got a genuinely lovely gut-wrench power bomb in your arsenal. Exactly. Why is that not your finisher? Yeah. Anyway, some children are happy. Uh, Paul Martin announces that Royal doesn't win the title, and Stevie Knight's music plays while Royal poses on the ropes like a fucking loser. You know those matches where someone gets more over despite losing. This mm. was the exact opposite. Royal looked like an idiot and a loser despite winning clean with his finish. <laughs> Just a complete dork. I did
0: think. I did think though. Uh, I know it's not a, a level you can go to, on especially on this episode. But best of the lot. I, th- I thought. I I it was a probably good match. I think Steve, Stevie Night's excellent.
1: I didn't think it was a good match. However, it was the best match on this show.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, for me, this was a strong, strong contender for the worst hour of television wrestling I've ever seen. <laughs> Four matches that each would have had Antonio Inoki banging a chair on the railings and yelling bullshit. <laughs> there was nonsensical booking. There was lifeless primos. There was Phil Powers screaming at me in the return of the fucking Keeper, Mal Mason. And... To write my notes it took me three hours to get through this my week fucking sucks man oh my god I, right i nearly cried when my schedule meant that i had to go from watching one of the best matches i've ever seen in my life for must-see matches to yeah. immediately instantly afterwards having to watch episode 20 of UWA Wrestling Rampage. <laughs> I was ready to end it all. You can't slit your wrist with a plastic Coke bottle, though, can you? <laughs> it's
0: a bit hard, a bit hard. I've not tried it, but uh, I,
1: I guess it's... It yeah. took me ages and I've got nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Anyway, sh- shall we move to um, episode 20 now, titled Where's Dan Belinka"? <laughs> it was disappeared like Poochie. Well, his voice is still here, but
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> in spirit.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking well, even when he did appear on camera, not counting the docu the docudrama episode, I think the only people Dan Balinka ever interacted with were Phil Powers and Steve Linsky when they showed up in the Crime Watch van. Yeah, yeah. Like he's never he was never at the building for any of these things. He was only ever like a like a host and a presenter. And now he's just now he's just a disembodied voice. Yeah, d- d-
0: very very strange. Hopefully, we get to see him in the last episode. Okay. I have enjoyed uh, Mr. Belinka's
1: output. Anyway. He's one of the few highlights, let's say. Yes, he he one is. of the few competent people involved in this show.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, match number one now. Well, we, we mentioned it earlier: the British Bouncer Brawl between Kerry Cabrero and Flash.
1: Ah, Um, This is with a recap of their surprisingly competent match from episode 14 and then Flash apparently brawled with Stevie Knight in the middle of Kerry Cabrera versus Phil Powers on episode 18 that we haven't seen. And then the dead walk among us as Mal Mason appears in Locker Room of Doom (laughs) looking anything but an authority figure in his red polo shirt. Um, He stumbles through the stipulation. He trips over Kerry Cabrero's name and always forgets what the stipulation is, which is each man has chosen two bouncers to stand at ringside to prevent interference. Uh, Phil Powers and Stevie Knight are not allowed to be chosen. Paul Martin then shits on the stips during the intro, saying each man has chosen two bouncers in a rather vain attempt at stopping interference. (laughs) This man is clearly watching a lot of television wrestling in 1999.
0: Shall we get into the bouncers now?
1: Um, Boy, do they bounce.
0: No, but the bouncers couldn't be Phil Powers or Stevie Knight. Yeah, That's correct. So the bouncers for Flash Barker are Danny Beefy Royal and Beefy Big Papa T. And for um, Kerry Cabrero, it's Mad Dog McPhee and the Highlander, Drew McDonald. Now, Drew McDonald, I could see as a bouncer,
1: I India. would not even, even if I had was dressed my smartest with three forms of photo ID on me, I would not try and get into any pub or club that Drew McDonald was standing outside. I think I go next door.
0: I think he probably bounced at that pub, fucking Wolfgang's the barman at in Scotland or something of like that. <laughs> you, you know, you know, on like Sky One back in the day where they used to go to like Britain's roughest pubs and oh, you just see yeah. Drew McDonald on the door he be on you're the door of every single in. one of them. Fucking not a chance.
1: Your name's put... not down. You're not coming in. <laughs> yes, Mister Dream. Yeah. Hey,
0: you, you know what? I was I was chatting this week because um, last week in um, in Stockport, just to date the uh, podcaster, uh, I got refused entry from a pub. What the fuck? Um, wearing like sports shorts because it was a fucking blazing hot day on yeah. saturday we'd just been beer fest with jeff and uh, and mr bash here and um we thought oh I'll go to the last bar in stockport basque mm. and um they wouldn't let me in because i had um, sports shorts on like adidas shorts chris had like what it was called smart shorts <laughs> so uh, it, it was about eight o'clock. I've, I've looked up the rules, and they're on about no trainers, no man bags. Basically, they don't want like riffraff. They say, Yeah, but um, you know, you know, me, I got a bit angry with. Well, I just went on a bit of a rant with them. I said, I basically said, It's not two, mate. All your <laughs> fucking business goes out, it goes, it goes. And and I was doing that thing, you know, the um the old Maggie with the uh with the rival baby like <laughs> <laughs> looking as I as we was getting into the train station, going in through the train station doors are like <laughs> <laughs> Well but it just reminded me like back back in the day, like um when it was about eighteen nineteen going around uh, berry Town Center and um, try to get into places and at this time i didn't have my passport so mm. i would try to get in well you know i'm a like a tall lad but i had a pretty like young face mm. so some place like yates is in chicago rock say have you got any false id no i brought my birth certificate <laughs> and i had to ca- I carried my birth certificate in my wallet around with me all the time i said mm. oh i'll promise i'll promise to bring it next week they'd let me like let me in yeah. but i'd say Make sure you bring it next week, your passport, and that and the story is, I only ended up getting a passport, not to go on holiday, but just to go into a Chicago rock.
1: <laughs> I um, remember years ago it was my friend's stag, and we were in Bournemouth, and my friends aren't like typical blokes. they are not like massive drinkers, and when it's someone's stag, what we will do is we'll essentially like rent a, rent a big a house big enough for us all to stay in for a weekend. <laughs> um that will be loads of games consoles and we we play video games and then there'll be an activity on like like the saturday afternoon or whatever so we've done go cast and we've done autumn Towers, we've done archery we've done paintball we did go ape all of that kind of shit
0: yeah
1: and then that night we'll go out for dinner and then maybe to a pub and then just relax on the sunday and then we'll go home and so we've done all this stuff and we got to the pub part of it and um uh where was it it was walkabout in bournemouth Mm. And as we were queuing up to get in, I suddenly realised they were doing like ID checks, and I didn't have anything on me. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not that really that bothered about going in there anyway, so they tell me away, I don't care. And I got to the front of the queue, and the bloke went, I do? And I went, I'm 33 years old, I've got grey hair, and you can see the grey in my beard. And he went, you're all right," and you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to, you know, they're just like... I-
0: it's, it's just it's, pretty, it's like another thing when um when I first started going out in Rochdale this were um like you know started at work at like eighteen, nineteen there's always like Friday afternoon, me and because mm-hmm. 'cause we'd finish at like half twelve, we'd go out I'd go and spend the wages in Rochdale Town Centre. It's like, oh it's a new thing, going dr- going out drinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it'd get to like half seven at night, and I'd have my trainers on. Walking up to the Weatherspoons and then refusing us because I've got trainers on.
1: It's a buddy it, It's a Weatherspoons. You've a got weather to be against the floor. Yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> you think, and I know they said this on like on grapple. It's just you think now, no one, no one cares. But you know, obviously, they do in a couple mm. of places.
1: But yeah, in Weatherspoons.
0: <laughs> Weatherspoons. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. Now some of the fucking vagrants who go in there. Anyway. <laughs> Back to Drew McDonald uh, being a bouncer on the outside for the... match. So, yeah, uh, like we have, yeah. Kerry Cabrera, versus is a flash barker. Um, so, it's basically a lumberjack match.
1: Well, no. <laughs> no it's no not. Way. It's not to throw back in people who come out of the ring. It's to stop anybody else coming down to ringside and trying to interfere.
0: But there was a lot of that where someone was getting chucked out but to the outside the and the baddies, yes. the baddies twatting them. Yeah.
1: So Steve Morgan actually made me and himself laugh uh, on commentary. So Bridlington keeps trying to get a question out and he's like the number one thing on my mind and the number one thing fans really want to know is, and every time he does it, Morgan jumps in with where the babies come from. And he does this three times, like cracking himself up and then uh flash uh, does a headlock takeover. Kerry pops out of it and he goes over to chat with drew and, uh, and they pay off this gag with Morgan going, uh, Drew McDonald having a word in the show like a Kerry Cabrero. I wonder what he was telling him. And Bridlington, quick as a flash, goes, where the baby's come from? (laughs) Best, best minute of commentary of the entire 20-week run.
0: (laughs) There's actually here as as well, uh, Flash Barker doing a Bronco buster, which uh, Linsky or Bridlington on commentary says, oh, what a beautiful move. As he doesn't know what the movie's called.
1: Yes, as a man repeatedly flaps his dick up the nose of the other man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was looking at all the moves Flash was doing. I reckon I could make him perfectly in something like No Mercy or Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. He does all of the moves of 1999. <laughs> yeah. Uh. What happens uh, Cabrero runs into Drew and dog uh, flash gives chase and unprovoked unprovoked decides to attack these two enormous men. Morgan quite rightly questions this on commentary. Um, Kerry does a poke to the iron flings flash out for a kicking while he distracts the baby face bounce by going for a chair. The ref watches all of this. Uh, I thought Kerry might get the heat, but Barker immediately just comes back with a suplex and ends up in position to hook on the ankle lock. Uh, which we are told is his finisher, but he looks completely surprised that he's ended up in this position and doesn't re- and sort of like hesitates before putting it on. <laughs> um, uh, Kerry uh, pulls Flash into the turnbuckles and then retreats to the opposite corner. And you think he's going to charge back over and hit a move? Nah. No. Casually walks back across the ring, just drop kicks Flash in his little barker's right in front of the referee. <laughs> uh, yep, Bronco Buster. Uh Kerry seems to get his eyebrow busted open. Uh and then just kicks flashing the plums again. Uh it doesn't seem to do anything. Barker just slaps on a knee bar. Uh Drew and Dog push the ropes towards Kerry's hand to force the break as we go to an ad break. Mm.
0: Um I would say after the ad break, oh, oh, oh before we get into the action, do you feel Leo Royal and Papa T are useless? Yes.
1: Papa T does nothing in this match. Like so Danny Royal is no, missing. God's missing. Yeah. He's probably dancing in front of some children. That sounds bad. Um, but Danny Royal, at least, is, like, trying to stop Cabrero, pick up a chair, yeah. like he's arguing with the ref and all that kind of thing. He's getting involved. He does nothing. Um, so the whole point of the bouncers is they try to stop interference. Uh, and we cut to the entranceway where Stevie Knight and a barely visible Phil Powers are being forcibly prevented from hitting the ringside by, I call them the Mac Pack, McPhee and McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, ref T and Royal come see what's going on. And, uh, drew drew growls. We will let no one in. Um, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> everything he says is terrifying. Like even more so on, uh, later on in this show, uh, in the ring though, Kerry has used a distract- distraction to club a flash right in the head with a chair. He kicks, still kicks out at two. Uh, Bridlington suspects a conspiracy. And actually I think that wouldn't have been a terrible finish to be honest. Uh, Flash, though, does a stunner to get out of a chin lock. Clamps on the crossface. Cabrero gets the ropes. Barker then hits I had to call it the Stinger Flash in the corner and a Michinoku driver for the pin. Baby faces celebrate.
0: I thought solid. Solid is a match.
1: So, I still don't think it was a good match. The stip is weird and I have to question how hated rivals Stevie Knight and Phil Powers were able to just stand next to each other in the aisle and not have a fight. But the wrestling was all at least mechanically well hmm. executed, like they didn't botch anything. All of the moves looked good, but I don't think it flowed together particularly well.
0: I think we Flash Barker, this is a second is it second time we've seen him yeah. he's, he's He's been competent on yeah, both he's occasions
1: been, he's he's definitely like in the upper half of the workers are, that have appeared on this show,
0: yeah, and Kerry Cabrero's been generally one of the more yeah. consistent performers and Yeah, his, he's, uh, again, he
1: also like is in the upper half for sure.
0: So, after yes. this match, uh, we have um, Dan Belinka uh, voicing a promo package about um, the human egg, Paul Sloan, and um, <laughs> and Phil Powers. Um, oh my god!
1: Oh god! The Paul Sloan interview. Fucking oh hell.
0: yeah, the the interview where he, he does a promo in ring and he ain't happy with his ring music or fat folk in the audience.
1: Yeah, he's dressed like Stone Cold Bulldog Paul Sloan, like bald head jeans, high tech magnums, or perhaps they're his wrestling boots, whatever. Yeah, he's threatening the he's threatens Paul Martin with a kicking for playing his entrance music. Um uh every time Martin asks a question, Sloan grabs the mic and just yells something. And frequently these things have nothing to do with the question. Yeah. Uh, at this point I noted that the back of Paul Martin's shirt might have been a magic eye picture. <laughs> I was squinting and trying to see a sailboat. Um, uh, yeah, unconvincing, charisma free heel Paul Sloan just gets angry and throws down the microphone. And the highlight of the whole thing is a 10 year old in the front row who holds up a sign that says, Who booked this rubbish? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs>
0: It wasn't you in, you in a, a previous live form, is it, Kieran? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we were talking about rubbish, um, the next match, match number two now, I think is maybe one of the best matches of the whole series with um, Jody Flash versus Paul Terrell. Now, I'd like to
1: know your thoughts on it, Kieran, because I fucking enjoyed this. This is easily the best match of these two episodes like it's not even close and yeah. again this is not a five star blow away classic
0: no it's but three it's three, to... three stars three and a quarter at best
1: yeah yeah but compared to literally everything else we've we've watched for yeah. this for for this episode yeah um uh why is everybody in this company called paul paul martin paul sloan paul terrell <laughs>
0: It's it's like everyone in uh, Rest fandoms called Chris.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They do. They. I mean, there's a little bit before the break. They do some like arm stuff. Terrell is no Ricky Steamboat when it comes to arm drags. Uh, Steve Morgan then unfortunately gets the words noggin and bonz mixed up and tells us you have to use your nonce and come back after the break. <laughs>
0: Ooh, it might fit in for late 90s, Brit Uh, Ress. Moving on. Um, Anyway, um, Steve Morgan moaning about Bridlington's lard sandwich on his face.
1: As well he should. Disgusting northerners. Never consort with people from uh, north of Luton. Horrible people. You know what? I've I've never had a beef dripping sandwich. Neither have I, funnily enough. Doesn't sound appealing, does it? I don't want anything that drips off a cow. (laughs) So, some wrestling happens. Uh, uh, there's a bit where Terrell reverses a corner whip. Uh, Jody runs up the turnbuckles to backflip over him onto his feet. But Terrell unwisely takes a step back for some reason and gets a shin in the face as Jody comes down. Uh... There's a really nice springboard spinning leg lariat from Jody on this. Yeah. And I'm going to compliment the director and camera crew for a change. Shot from an excellent angle as well, like down below. It looks like he comes from 10 feet in the air. Maybe I it's the best move and shot of the entire run. The thing is with Jody here, he's
0: very raw. He and is. You can see just oh, – there's so much potential, you know, for the next – like few years, which he eventually be, wasn't it? With like him and, uh, Johnny Storm. But
1: yeah,
0: some of these these moves are just like, yeah, you know, revolutionary, especially like Brit rest.
1: Yeah. He, he's just, he's so like naturally athletically gifted. Like you have to, he, he just needs to be polished really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he does, however, get power bombed uh, when he tries to running uh, Hurricane Runner off the apron. Oh, the dive he hits before that as well, like which a is, spiral
0: dive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's sort of like the the Fosbury Flop that AJ Styles does, but he also twists around as he does it. Yeah, it looks wild and crazy, but like really cool. Um, Bridlington claims to have seen the tiny girls with Steve Morocco uh, after he failed to mm-hmm. carry them away at the fight in the field or whatever it was called. <laughs>
0: Oh the bulldog bash.
1: Yeah. Cause don't you remember during the match with yeah, Death yeah, God, he tried to pick yeah, them both up and take them went. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe he managed eventually. Um, Terrell uh beats up Jody and takes him into the crowd, where we get the TV debut of the stupidly named very impressive wall unit, which is where Jody gets whipped towards the wall, takes two steps up it, which believe me if you've ever tried to do that it's really fucking hard yeah Uh, because as a small springy teenager i tried to do that and it's really fucking hard uh did you
0: you eventually do it
1: uh i cheated so i used to work in office world and uh i would get the 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 desks came flat packed and I put on a very slight angle and see how many steps i could get into it and basically try and get up onto the top shelving in the warehouse um Stories Kieran has never told before, um, but yeah. So Jody takes two steps up the wall and flips backwards into a moonsault body block. Crowd goes fucking wild for this. They've never seen anything like this.
0: When I first, the first time I saw this, I think I might have said was a um, Fight Club Pro in mm. uh, in Wolverhampton. I think they're mm. against um, what are they called the, uh, the Rascals. Mm. And, it it was on our side of the um where we were standing and like it was obviously like part in yeah. the season. He fucking did it. It's like, oh my fucking word.
1: He could still do it now, eh?
0: Yeah. But and it just got me thinking during this match, I've not seen Geordie fly for a while.
1: He was so pre-COVID, he was occasionally would pop up on a Rev Pro show.
0: And he do probably oh, were on progress
1: quite a bit. Progress, though? yeah. Um, I think the lot I might have seen him. I would probably have seen him at a Ref pro show. Wasn't he in the King of Trios that was over here? He was, yeah, yeah. So I, I would have seen him there. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything since COVID. No. I mean, he's going to be. He'll be around, won't he?
0: Yeah, he'll pop He'll pop up again for another couple of year run and then bugger off. <laughs> That's what he seems to do, but I always enjoy watching Jodie Fleisch.
1: Yeah. Tell you what, I enjoy watching him doing this. Get absolutely fucking killed by a triple powerbomb from Brock Terrell.
0: <laughs> Dudley, Spike Dudley-esque.
1: Oh, the funniest part, though, was his T-shirt flapped up over his face each time. Yeah. He got... Like, Paul Terrell is as wrestlers go is not that big. Like I'd say he's like you, he looks like a guy who goes to the gym, right? He's like maybe 5'10, 10, clearly works out, but yeah. he is not Brock Lesnar size and shape. He picked Jody up. Like he was a fucking kid's teddy bear and smashed him into the, he doesn't let go at any point during this, just smashed him into the mat three times and then hit a pretty nice top rope splash after that. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, though, he goes to pose on the ropes and Jody catches him with a twisting sunset flip powerbomb and a jackknife pin uh, for the three. Uh, crowd pop big. Uh, a trail beats up Jody afterwards. And at that point, I realized Jody's look is Sabu goes to the gym. Because <laughs> he's got the flappy, the, like the yeah, flappy yeah. assassin trousers and the little belt and then just a t shirt on. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to complain about anything in this match, it was a little bit formless. Uh and Jody was up for the finish way too quick after the power bombs and the mm. splash. But I suspect some trimming was done when they cut to the replay and they cut out a bunch of him selling for TV. Um yeah, yeah um, you're right. Like this is the best match since at least Doug Williams versus Drew McDonald, and that was uh seven episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Time of feast of famine, a lot of famine. Yeah, to um, good matches, but now nah, enjoyed this one. Yeah, shall we go into the main event now?
1: Well, quickly before that, yeah, we get a Doug Williams versus Steve Linsky recap, which I wondered if we needed because the entirety of episode seventeen was recapping this feud.
0: We're basically, an hour of it.
1: It is worth it though for Dan Belinka seemingly swallowing his tongue halfway through the VO record and nobody bothering to do a second take. Uh, a badly mic'd Linsky mod promo, and the only one who's not absolutely dreadful is Drew, who says, I will carry your remains to my father's kingdom and you will feel the fires of hell. Ex- yeah, that face you're making right now was the face I made as well. He is <laughs> fucking terrifying, <laughs> this man.
0: I'll tell you what about Alex Shane handed his money over straight away when Drew McDonald turned. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he did. I tell you what, the shows I worked, he didn't have to wait in the fucking queue outside the dressing room for his little brown envelope. <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Doug Williams, um, this is Steve's lads. Um, yes,
1: the Linsky Leaves Town gauntlet match.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Mad Dog McPhee, Johnny Storm and the Highlander Drew McDonald.
1: I noticed that this show has only been going for six months, and Johnny Storm is on his third theme. Has <laughs> uh, he, uh, he not got to "I am the one and only"? Ah, that is a Ralph Cardle production, and he wouldn't get that until two thousand three, two
0: thousand four. I think. I think his last one was um, "Fucking Dots of 8 wasn't it?
1: Uh, do you mean last in our current timeline, or in this? Last time? In our, uh, no, in our current. I haven't, I haven't seen I haven't seen him wrestle for ages. He had a five knockoff for a while when he was a babyface in the FWA. Ah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Johnny Storm is here on the main attraction. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> any
0: any whom this uh, yeah. this this match, um <laughs> Mad Dog McPhee getting DQ'd as he attacks Dog and Pulse's bollocks.
1: Yes, yes. This is where we got uh, the anatomical close-up I was mentioning. As the cameraman, for no apparent reason, goes in for a close-up of Doug's hog in his in his shorts. Um, uh, Mad Dog Fee lasted a grand total of twenty-five seconds in this match before getting disqualified. Uh, Johnny Storm is up next. He enters the ring via a twisting moonsault off the top rope. Uh, he has to fight gravity for a body slam. Uh, and here's a split legged moonsault, uh, for a, that two, nice. One. yeah, not bad. A twisting hurricane runner for another one. He then gets backdropped so high. He goes all the way over and lands on his feet before taking the bump. <laughs> uh, he gets drop kicked outside and hit with a plunger that almost takes out the cameraman as well. We go over for two for apron runners as Johnny misses one and gets thrown into the ring post uh doug comes back into the ring with a scent on atomico and an azai moonsault and storm is done that's it uh drew comes in to start his part of the match but linsky enters as well berates johnny and slaps him and mcdonald gets the mic i he said mcdonald's as in the burger place then <laughs> um and tells linsky he has crossed the line by putting his hands on one of the brothers from hell i'm like is that johnny specifically or is that any wrestler he tells Doug it's his lucky night, says he will come for the belt bar on his terms and his time. And then Drew and Johnny abandon Linsky, getting Drew counted out. Mm. Doug clobbers Linsky with the belt, who doesn't sell it nearly enough. And rather lamely, that's your main event.
0: It was a damn squid, weren't it, after all the build-up?
1: They were smart to have Johnny carry the bulk of the match for the heel side, but a one-on-three gauntlet match that has a 30-second DQ countout, a five-minute wrestling match, and a 30-second count-out. That is horse shit. Drew McDonald saying,
0: I'm not getting pinned by him. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: to do the job again, brother. He's already pinned by, uh, been pinned by Doug once, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that doesn't work for me, brother. No. Uh, <laughs> and So that's the end of um, episode 20, Kieran. Um
1: it was better than 19.
0: Oh, anything's only... better than 19, mate.
1: <laughs> but only in that it was merely bad rather than an affront to my eyes. I I could not believe they put so many dreadful matches in a row on episode 19. Horrible, horrible television.
0: At least we found our first minus six star match. <laughs>
1: Yeah, as a company wouldn't receive really uh, release a best of, they would have to release a worst of because the best of would be I don't know two matches.
0: Well, we've we got well a few of our listeners said, oh, you should wait until you see this bloody Frank and Big T match. Oh uh, really? Tea you tea got match. The heads
1: up about this, did you? Sorry, you got the heads up about this, did you? Yeah,
0: yeah, saying oh, Ooh, it's a
1: special one. Well, <laughs> I mean, just the YouTube thumbnail for episode nineteen it's the tiny referee and frank who at first glance looks like he has his head in his hands and if he's given up it, this cannot be any good <laughs> yeah i am a lot of the charm has gone out of this project and this promotion it must be said uh crystal palace feels like 5 years ago
0: yeah i was These... thinking i was thinking the um the other day Fucking hell, how long have we been doing this?
1: A long time. So, um, where is it? Give me one second. This episode, episode 20, aired on September the 24th. Uh, The first episode aired on April, uh, May the 14th. What's Mm. that? That's four months. Four months, yeah. And it feels like four years it's ages
0: ago since grand turned up. and
1: every time they move location it feels like a different promotion it's just some of the wrestlers are still the same it's very very odd well you wouldn't feel at this moment that it's a promotion
0: like that's going to be it lads
1: no well i mean
0: we don't know what's coming up in 21 really
1: well no i haven't i haven't looked ahead to that yet uh but, like, you know, after that big Puppetee handicap match, I would have folded the promotion on the fucking spot.
0: <laughs> all I mean, the, like you said, the Nolki coming in with, with, the, uh, with Scarf. On, oh, oh, fuck
1: I I'd have set fire to an oily rack in the bin to set a fire alarm off and, like, get all the crowd out, send them home, <laughs> and just done a runner with the takings. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> Again, one of the, the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. And that has happened at least three, four times now. Just reviewing this television show, <laughs> horrific.
0: Well, well, well. Unfortunately, Kieran, we've got we've got to come back for another episode of this, haven't we? One more, one more, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll give our final thoughts there, like Jerry Springer. Good God, rest his soul. And uh, yeah. What have
1: you there. yeah, we'll give a little wrap up of the whole
0: project. Yeah. Um, so, that's it for uh, UWA Wrestling Rampage Episode 19 and 20 And this is a time where we're going to, uh, going to Excalibur plugs uh, with, uh, with Kieran
1: Let me get the mask on Coming up this week on Rampage Oh, sorry <laughs> uh, I have recently been on two Episodes of Days of Thunder, filling in for Lee Malone to review Thunder 70 with Dave Ryan and then helping to welcome Lee back On the next episode as we reviewed uh, Bash at the Beach 1999
0: as a trio. I remember buying that on VHS as well. Oh poor man, did you get your money back? No, I didn't. No, it was about 14 quid from Woolworths. That one
1: horrible
0: show, yeah. I, I, oh. Like when you were going through it, I'm like, bloody hell, I remember this. That is the one with the junkyard.
1: It is very much uh, the junkyard invitational, yes, yeah, yeah, bad, um, in which five people got seriously injured, yes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that was from July, 1999. So like around the time of some of the stuff we've been watching and it was really interesting in inverted commas to see the influence that the, the mainstream American wrestling TV at that time was having on the stuff we've been watching. Mm. Um, I did point out at least on uh, episode, uh, thunder episode 70 that the UWA were doing scrapyard matches long before w- or before at least two or three months before WCW did uh, the Junkyard Invitational.
0: Innovators.
1: Innovators. Uh, You can go to at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter to scroll down and find those uh, or, you know, wherever good podcasts are sold. Uh, The main one is every week Mark Buckle and I present must-see matches, a podcast covering the top 104 uh, matches wrestling fans think other fans need to see uh, as crowdsourced (laughs) by Mark on Twitter. Our last three episodes were Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher featuring Eamon Bell. Randy Savage versus Ultimate, uh, no, Randy Savage from Ricky Steamboat from WrestleMania 3 and Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell featuring Matty and the Bank himself, Matty Edwards. Tremendous fun, that was. Mm. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, anywhere else you can find a podcast. Go to linktr.ee slash must matches for all the way subscribes. And we are at must matches on Twitter, Instagram, and Mastodon. And if you want lukewarm Thursday morning takes on the booking and camera work of all Elite Wrestling Dynamite. I am at and Edits.
0: Happy days with the Undertaker Mankind match. I remember, um, with that hell in the cell, we had to get a tape off someone from work, mm. um, like a few days later of that match because I think the satellite cut out here, it was oh, like missing no. down outside. Oh no, so uh, yeah, I had to wait a couple of days for that. Same with, um, I think Survivor Series, um, '96. As, as, as well. The, the, I, yeah. I had
1: to wait and buy the um, the commercial VHS of King of the Ring 1998. Is that the one with Sable? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A- yeah, N18. 18 certificate with a woman in a latex catsuit on the front. Fucking yeah. hell. I'm going to to produce my ID for that one. Fant- fantastic time in wrestling.
0: Probably the most overplayed spot in wrestling history.
1: Mm. yeah as we say on the show like at the time the wwf didn't even think it was the thing it was just a spot in a match and then it got it must be in every don't try this at home every highlight package uh the then now forever thing they play at the front of every episode and pay-per-view yeah it's probably the most replayed piece of footage in wwe history yeah yeah
0: as with our podcast, um, you follow us at GCP Podcast One. Recently, Um done reviews of Red Pro in, uh, in Sheffield, TNT in Liverpool. Um, a solo effort by myself on the uh, settee of uh, PCW versus CZW uh, from, uh, from the uh, student union in Preston. Uh, coming up on uh, GCP, we've got reviews from True Grit Wrestling in York, uh, Grand Pro Wrestling's anniversary show in Hindley, and then, uh, probably the, one of the main events apart from a uh, UWA Wrestling Rampage, the final episode will be um, Shite Volume Three, um, entitled The Shite Awakens, <laughs> um, which I've been doing uh, research for um, um, this week, so you've got that to look forward to in the uh, middle of july uh follow myself at oggypart three on twitter and um i think that's it um so as ever kieran thanks very much for your time
1: never a pleasure to watch always a pleasure to review
0: fantastic (laughs) Uh, this has been gcp that brit rest tv show thank you and goodbye